when you really want it to work, it works. And so you ask for support instead of permission. Permission is not going to be part of your healing journey. You say, this is what I need. Let's figure out how to get there. You're listening to Muscle Medicine, where we debunk the myths in the health and wellness world to bring you the latest updates in exercise, rehab, and nutrition from industry leaders. Join your host, Dr. Emily Kybert, chiropractor and movement expert, as she brings you simple, actionable tips to reach your fullest potential. Esther Blum, so for people who don't know you, which would be probably living under a rock... <laughs> Can you just give us like a little, like, I don't know, 60 second, like, this is me. Yes. This is me. <laughs> I'm so amazing. Um, no, I, um, I'm an integrative dietitian. I've authored four books. I am a mom and we rescued a dog this year. Wow. And my husband and I have been together, married 18 plus years. And my son's a short track speed skater so we're going nationals in a couple of weeks for that. And Whoa. he's a triathlete. And so we're just, you know, we, we follow his lead. He's amazing. I feel like you've <laughs> cracked open like the dietitian, <laughs> like the dietitian egg, <laughs> the insular egg that is a dietitian. I don't know. That's at least from an outside point of view. Meaning like I've gone rogue from a traditional dietitian. Yeah. I have. I went rogue after five years of working in hospitals and feeding people. I worked in the cardiology units. People had massive open heart surgeries. Mm. And then I'd give, I'd be like, here's your jello and ginger ale. Like that's supposed to really heal you. And, uh, and one day, one night my mom had a cocktail party and there was this, um, psychiatrist there and she was like, what do you know about supplements? And I said, I know nothing about supplements because I took a class in grad school called Vitamins and Minerals. And they said, everything you need is in our food. And I was like, well, there goes 50 grand at NYU. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> so she was like, you know, my trainer did this functional medicine course. You should really check it out. And talk about serendipity. My grandfather had given me a $2,000 check toward my student loans. And that was the exact cost of the course. And I was like, Poppy, can I parlay this into another, you know, another class? And he was like, go for it. So, um, so yeah. Who was the trainer? Was, Charles? No, it was Robert Crayhan and okay. Linda Lazat when they first started Designs for Health and Designs for Health had maybe four supplements oh at the God. time. I mean, it was back in 1998. Oh, wow. And they loved me because they were like, oh my God, someone with street cred is going rogue. Like, this is awesome. I mean, the people in the class were amazing, but a lot of them, um, they had like a master's in nutrition, but didn't have the RD. Mm. And to me, the RD was my key. It was the gateway into like, get the education and then go do with it whatever you want to do. So I didn't start out even knowing about functional medicine. I just wanted a, a career where... I came from a huge family of doctors and nurses and surgeons. No pressure. No pre Oh yeah. No my, familial pressure. <laughs> no, my grandfather, when I told him I was going to be a dietitian, he was like, you are so stupid. You're never going to make any money. Oh my he was God. like, what are you doing? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I was oh like, God. oh yeah, watch me. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> you know, you see a challenge. So, um, so yeah, so I, I lost my train of thought, but so you came uh, from this huge family from of a all huge family, medical backgrounds. And my dad, you know, my grandfather was like, of course you'd be a doctor. And I was like, no way. I hate physics. And, and my dad was like, dude, my dad forced me to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a doctor. I was a chemist. 
And like, I, he's like, don't do it. It's just so many years of your life. You'll be so unhappy. Wow. So I figured nutrition, nutrition is basically pre-med. It's all the chemistry, all the organic and the biochem. Oh my God. Pathways. Hell. Hell. <laughs> oh, I cried through all those courses. But then I was like, listen, no one's like checking my GPA. You know what I mean? Like no one at my hospital job is going to be like, what do you want to do with your life? Or, or what's your, um, what's your GPA and what do you want to do with your life? Right. So I didn't even realize, I just thought I would work in hospitals for five years and then be married with a kid by age 27 and then be like a nutritionist on the side with my practice. So I did have a full, you know, practice by age 27, 29, but no husband, no kid for years later. And just really was like, I have to take this next level because I wasn't helping people. Diet alone doesn't help people. I wish I could say it does. It helps a lot of people and you have to earn your supplements. It's not like supplements are the magic key either, but if you have a practice it's really hard to get people to heal alone on diet. I think Weight Watchers is great. I think when people lose weight, it's great. That helps a, a huge segment of the people. I get the people coming to me who've been to five, 10 doctors who have literally no diagnosis and yet they're taking Plaquenil and methotrexate. And the doctor will say, well, you have connective tissue issues. What the hell does that mean? And then I test them and lo and behold, they have parasites this is a client in my practice who I just saw yesterday. We're working her up for Lyme. She was severely protein and calorie deficient. She was up to 180 pounds. She's already lost four pounds. Her brain fog is gone. She's treating her parasite. And she's like, oh my God, for the first time in eight years, I have hope that I can actually get my life back. Yeah. So like, those are the people I see. I don't see just a classic, you know, I need to lose 10 pounds. I see people who are complicated, who really need help and have totally fallen through the cracks. And I'm empathic because I was that person with my own health journey until I found our girl, Gabrielle Lyon. Yeah. And like, who's giving me my life back. <laughs> 100% so gave me my life back. God. Thank you, Gabrielle. Going back to serving Jello and ginger ale. Oh yeah. Who sets those standards? Like where, <sighs> where is that? Like the, this is our uh, protocol for people who just had open heart surgery? What that is, is a great question. Cause I feel like in France, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like in France and Italy, they're getting like homemade bone broth and like <laughs> I hope so. farm fresh vegetables. Yeah. The recommendations are so antiquated. The food guide pyramid currently is purchased by big ag and big pharma, right? The Dietech association is sponsored by Coca-Cola. Like it's really, it's, bankrupt and the education is horrible. Even in medical school, like the education, doctors are smart. Dietitians are smart. The education is so backlogged. And so <clears throat> I get the journal for clinical nutrition and the journal of the American Dietetic Association. And then I get a journal called Dietitians and Functional Medicine. And the two are like at the opposite ends of the pole. And the, the, um, the Journal of the American Dietetic Association has advertisements for soy, for canola oil, for, you know, all these foods that are making my clients so sick and I could never put in my body either. And then the functional medicine is like, you know, soy is dangerous, soy is toxic, you'll kill your thyroid. So, yeah. you know, you got to go with the research. So let's talk about stress mm. and how it affects our hormones. Because I feel like now, just with like the political climate and the virus climate, like there's just like this 
underlying anxiety, stress that I feel like some people just kind of crumble and fall apart. Maybe their threshold is kind of this tipping point. And then some people are so resilient and so robust. And I'm like, what's the difference between these two people? Is it familial? Is it how they were raised? Is there something going on with their hormones? Is it what they're eating? Is it like a conglomerate of all the above? So many things. Yeah. It's so funny. I have in my bag, a journal article about how you can use stress to make you more resilient. And in theory, I love to think I can do that, but it's always a skill I'm personally building. I'm not the best at stress management and the clients I'm seeing. So here's what happens. I think I'm going to speak a little more to women because I do have men in my practice, but I do serve more women just. same. So I think that stress compounds over time and your body really feels the stress as you get older. It becomes a cycle where stress tanks your hormones and then your hormones are your progesterone, for example, or your GABA, your neurotransmitters start to tank also. I'll come back to that. And then that feeds the anxiety that actually starts the anxiety and then you feel anxiety and then it, it becomes a vicious circle. Insomnia kicks in. Having children, I always say insanity is hereditary. You get it from your kids. <laughs> I can feel that. So, I can relate to that. Right? Yeah. I mean, they push you to these levels of crazy where you're like, holy shit, I can't even believe who I am right now. It's so funny. So, um, you know, you, you've got kids, you've got jobs, you've got finances, you've got politics, and you've got marriage and or divorce or loss of job or loss of a parent. You know, my age 45 to 65, you're taking care of younger kids and older parents. That is me to a T. And so it's really hard. And so um, stress, let's just talk about the effects because we know the sources of stress, but the effects are often, so I do a lot of Dutch tests with my patients. These are dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And it looks at all the forms, you know, you're living the dream, Emily, right? Like all seven forms of progesterone, all seven forms of estrogen, of testosterone, looks at your DHEA and it looks at your cortisol and your metabolized cortisol and all the neurotransmitters in your brain. So it's kind of a head to toe picture. You know, I have some amazing doctors on their staff who've just taught me so much about how to manage my patients. And <clears throat> like Carrie Jones, like, oh, love her. The queen. She's been on the podcast. I, yeah, for you, for all of you who want to learn more about hormones, just follow Dr. Carrie Jones. She's amazing. Dr. Jade Tita, also really fantastic teaching me about hormones. And so what happens is, there's a couple of scenarios. Number one is if you're super, if you're overweight, like if you have a small frame, like you're 5'3", these are some of my clients, 5'3", they're 250, 270. If you're, if you're heavier, okay, the obesity, all the extra body fat is going to drive your cortisol to be high. So that contributes to very poor sleep, poor stress management. You know, you get out of bed and already your cortisol is like pumping through. Cortisol's stress hormone that helps eat up muscle and store fat. And it turns your muffin top into a cake top. (laughs) So that's like the simple, simple bullet points. But it should be high in the morning, cortisol. High enough to get you out of bed. Yes. The levels I see are so extraordinarily high. They're literally off the charts. Mm. And these are people who aren't, haven't even had a cup of coffee the day of the test. Mm. 
So then you add coffee to that and you're just on fuego, right? Like it's really not a great way to start the day. You kind of want to start. And if that describes you where you're just like, you get out of bed and you look at your phone and you're off to the races, like maybe it's time, maybe you should think about putting your phone on airplane mode and not looking at it until you've had, you know, you've meditated or worked out or gotten your kids off to school and sat down at your desk. Like the world won't crumble. I promise you the people who want to reach you will reach you. I promise. Obesity can drive high cortisol, but also stress and having your adrenals run on overload can also drive your stress. And that comes from emotional stress, financial stress, even drinking too much coffee or booze. Sleeping with a cell phone next to your head, there's clinical research that shows that raises cortisol. So put your phone on airplane mode at night or sleep with it, you know, out of the room. And just really not tending to yourself. So this is another big thing I have seen in the testing. And this was the most fascinating thing of all. A couple women come into my practice who had severe emotional trauma in life, like horrible divorces. I had one woman who couldn't get pregnant and her boyfriend left her. And it was heartbreaking, right? And now at age 49, I brought her period back in two months. It was pretty awesome. I was like, not only have you been ovulating this whole time, but now we're going to get you pregnant if you want it. But both of those patients, there weren't a lot of supplements we could put them on that were going to fix the problem. They had to actually sit and meditate, clear out toxic relationships, and calm down because the hormones are a production of our thoughts. The hormones, the more we stay in our stress state, the more it suppresses our healthy neurotransmitters like GABA, it suppresses serotonin and dopamine, and it suppresses progesterone and estrogen, and testosterone can tank too. So you have a woman who comes to you wanting to lose weight and is like working out harder and doing intermittent fasting, and getting which are stressors which are stressors and they're getting more overweight they actually need rest based living they need some meditation or they need shorter duration workouts like in your thyroid strong which i can't even wait to talk about <laughs> and do and they actually need to heal from past traumas and forgive and let go and so my client a who had the horrible ptsd from her divorces She had horrible energy. Her doctor didn't even test her for autoimmune and she did have Hashimoto's. When I was like, take these labs to your doctor and go get them tested. She did have Hashimoto's. She happened to do EFT professionally. And I said, honey, you need to do this on yourself. Emotional freedom technique. Technique, yes, thank you. She did and like her thyroid turned, returned to complete full functioning, no medications at all. She got her energy back. She lost weight and she was not doing any exercise other than walking. So your thoughts really generate a lot of your illness from the top down. There's a great documentary on this called Heal. I don't know mm, if you've seen it. I haven't seen it yet. It's got Dr. Kelly Brogan in it. It's, it's got a lot of really cool practitioners And of all the healing modalities, the mind has the greatest influence on our healing, which is huge. That is huge. So when you're working with your clients, it sounds like they're coming to you and you're kind of 
giving them what they need or giving them what they want, but sneaking in what they need. Because yeah. they're coming to you being like, Esther, I need to lose some weight. Like, right. And you're like, let's like try yeah. different pathways that maybe what you've tried before hasn't worked. So Yeah. And it's definitely not working and they don't have energy and they, you know, they're not sleeping because their cortisol is really high. But at the end of the day, they're also not emoting verbally what they need in life. So I had a client yesterday who was like, this journey has been better than any therapy I've ever done. Just eating right and taking care of my body because it's been so actionable and I've never felt worthy enough to do it. I was like, well, there you go. Hmm. So like, and especially with the thyroid, you yourself have had so much, such a journey with your thyroid for a lot of women they're not emoting their thoughts, like their whole throat chakra is blocked off and they get really sick from it. They get a lot of autoimmune, a lot of thyroid issues. Once you start saying what you're truly thinking or feeling without any fear of the outcome, you know, that's when you start healing your body. Yeah, because that holding back is again, it's like just another form of stressor, creating tension. Yeah. To and like really, a, to an nth degree, way more than. Yeah. Well, think about it. If, if you're out of alignment and you're like feeling like in your head, you're living one truth and you're not projecting that out to the world, you're going to get sick, you know, and women do this. We tend to hold back out of fear, especially in relationships and marriages. Like you're already married. What's the worst that can happen? You get a divorce. You will survive that too. And not to make light of this, but if you get a divorce by speaking your feelings, this isn't the person you're supposed to be married to anyway. So like you can say how you feel lovingly and gently and kindly, but like something simple as like, let's talk about what's going to happen this weekend. This is what I need to get done. What does everyone need to get done this weekend for themselves? That is literally the conversation we have on Friday nights. Where's everyone going? Who's doing the laundry? Who's doing the groceries? Who's taking Ben to speed skating? Like, okay. And, and like, what's our downtime? What's our play? What, how about we run errands all morning and then at 2 p.m. we reconvene and we go for a hike. Great. And that way, like, there's no resentments. Everything feels like a choice. Everything's empowered and you're happy. It's play. So I think it's interesting because like, when do we learn those tools that things are a choice to lead with empowerment and empowering the people around you. You know what I mean? Like I didn't learn that in high school or college for sure. I did not learn that until my forties. I'm going to be 50 this year. And I feel like, oh, finally. But I noticed, yeah, I don't know if you noticed this yet because your kids are still, how old's your oldest? Four, four Four and seven months. Okay. So I feel like kids today, the upside of you know, social media or the online world is kids are exposed to more earlier and the language is out there. Like the tools and resources are out there. And I feel like they've got a leg up a little more on it. Maybe not all of it. Kids are still, they're not tiny adults. They're still big kids, big children. But I think it's a lot safer. I think in schools, there's a lot more conversations around anxiety and shame and bullying. And I think kids, I'm optimistic. They have much better tools today than we did. Yeah. You know, like I was telling my son, like, dude, when I was in junior high, I got book jobs. Remember, did you know what a book job was? I did not know what a book job was. What is a book job? That's like when, you know, you're walking with a stack of books and somebody walks by and (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Like knocks it all out, your notes, your papers, everything goes flying and you're like cleaning it up like the biggest nerd in the world. <laughs> Horrible. Like all over the floor. Like people were awful. People bullied horribly. And now there's just, there's no tolerance. You're suspended. Yeah. You're suspended either in school or out. It's like, nope, you're out. You do something on social, you're suspended. You're, it's taken very seriously. And so it's, it's a little too far now. I think it will balance out, but... Yeah. I don't have to worry so much anymore. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My four-year-old last night, I was like, all right, it's time to take a shower. He's like, that's not my choice. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) Because in Montessori, it's all about like, what do you want this or this? Do you want to do this? It's all about the choice. I was like, okay. Right. While this is like slightly annoying, I'm like proud of him for... (laughs) Totally. Speaking up and yeah. Yeah. So how did you learn though, as an adult, what were, when did you get the tools? How did you learn the tools? I think one of the big tools was Handel Group, which is like a life coaching and, you know, talking about how thoughts affect your hormones, not being emotionally attached to the thoughts, but kind of labeling them and almost separating yourself. So one of the examples would be the story we tell ourselves and, you know, not being attached to the story because is that our truth or is that the story we're telling ourselves? And just recognizing that and kind of creating a little pause and a separation. And then owning the idea that everything is a choice. So instead of creating a complaint about something, it's like stepping back and be like, well, that was a choice. And so I can choose something different instead of complaining or being a brat or they call it chicken or coming from a place of fear your choice. So make a different choice. So I think that was really pivotal. I think putting my kid in Montessori and the amount of patience that happens in a Montessori school is like so tremendous because they don't really, they don't discipline. They're not like, no, you can't do that unless it's unsafe. It's like, how do you redirect the energy? You know? So if someone's like tantruming at the front door, oh, like, let's go put our shoes on and put our indoor shoes on. Like, how can you redirect (laughs) out of like the tantrum? So, which I'm still kind of like, you know, out, like, I'm not like, is that a good thing to like redirect? (laughs) But it works for now. Yeah. Is giving it words. Yeah. The other thing I think that's helpful for a lot of people, most people have been through at least one to three major traumas in their life. And I think doing some trauma work is really great too, because it trauma work, and, and this is for healing the body and giving thoughts to your emotions and getting out of a place where you were a victim at one point. So really getting out of that. And I did a great uh, trauma release program through the Inspired Performance Institute. It was fabulous. And they deal with people like had their legs blown off in the Boston Marathon or, you know, we're doing crystal meth and homeless, like real hardships. And I found that when trauma is really old error messages that are coming in to keep the body in a fight or flight state. So a trauma happens right? And then it tells the body, oh my God, you're in so much danger right now. Let's say the building's on fire and you had to jump out the building, right? Your body imprints that trauma on your DNA. And that's when you start to see illness express itself. Like Hashimoto's autoimmune is very common with trauma yes, or rape also. And obesity is very closely correlated to sexual abuse or physical abuse. And so getting those under control and teaching your body and your mind that you're safe now, that that's old and that that was then and this is now and you're not that person anymore as an adult. It's just 
you were your six-year-old self. I thought, um, this is just a sidebar, but I don't know if you saw the movie Rocket Man. I haven't. Elton John's story. And there's a scene where his younger self is hugging his older self. And I just bawled because I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's trauma work in a in a nutshell. And so if you can embrace and let go and let your subconscious understand you're safe, that does a lot of healing for the body too. And then the body's like, oh, now I can let go of, you know, mold or Lyme or uh, mercury or whatever illness or autoimmune, whatever illness I'm holding, it really causes a lot of healing in the body too. And is a great tool for like giving voice to, you know, voice to your emotions or, or compartmentalizing your stress. Yeah. Like it's, everything's okay. I'm safe. Those are really great mantras. Yeah. You know, I'm safe. I'm healthy. I'm whole. I'm here. So are you, cause in your journey right now, yeah, you have some, <laughs> I got some things, you cooking. got some things cooking going on. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's interesting cause you're going through limes, right? I was just diagnosed like three days ago. This is hot off the press yeah. with like lime and Three types of Borrelia. Wow. I didn't even know there were three types. Of I know. I, I may not even be interpreting the test right, but that's what I saw in bright yellow neon flashing on right. the test. And just being outdoors, like what do you... How did I get it? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. We live in Connecticut and we hike all the time and we have a dog. I just pulled a tick off my dog yesterday. It's February. Okay. Like, and we weren't even in the woods. He was just on the side of the road peeing. So, you know, we spray ourselves up, we live our lives, but this is old Lyme. This isn't new. I've been tested numerous times through Quest Labs through a blood test. And Gabrielle was like, no, you got to do a more sensitive test. So I did a urine test. I provoked it with uh, an infrared sauna. I did 30 minutes in the sauna and then you wait an hour and then you pee in a cup and send off, send it all off. And so it was DNA connections, if anyone's, and that's connections with an X, if anyone's interested. Which is important because I think a lot of the Lyme's tests that are just in your GP's office are not as sensitive as some as they're that not, kind of test. Yeah. They're really not. And the testing's come a long way, thank God. But the other piece was I had mold. When we purchased our house, the foundation, there was apparently no sealant put between our retaining wall, which has dirt and huge hydrangeas, and the back and the inside wall of our garage. So Gabrielle actually came to my house in Connecticut and she's like, there's mold in here. And I was like, you're crazy she's lady. She's like the canary in the coal mine with mold. She is the canary in the coal mine. <laughs> and I was like, no way girl, you're crazy. And then like come to find mold on my coats in the, in the mudroom closet, huh. which also shared a retaining wall. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? So we had drenches built and we had all the mold removed and I had my air ducts cleaned and, and I did a mold test and went through taking a cholestyramine. It's a cholesterol lowering medication to bind the mold and pulled it out and we retested mold. Still the same. Really? Yep. That stuff is so stinky. It's so bad. It's like, it just like smells. Oh, oh, it tastes awful. It's like drinking mothballs. It is horrible. So bad. So disgusting. So now, lucky me, I got to do another mold detox before I even treat the Lyme. And we're not doing the antibiotics route. We're going to do an herbal route because for people who've had chronic Lyme, and I'm learning as I go, 
people who've had chronic Lyme, you really, you can't do antibiotics because their system, my chronic fatigue is actually pretty bad. It's a miracle I function and treat patients. But in no way do I question any of this. I know I was meant to have this so I could treat other patients better. And that's just been my journey. So bring it on. I mean, I think, (laughs) you know, just being sitting face to face and looking at you, like you would never know. No. You know, and I think so many people with an autoimmune condition struggle because the people around them are like, y'all look healthy. What are you talking about? You're totally, you know, extreme fatigue and having a hard time getting out of bed. Yeah. But like full disclosure, and I never talk about this. I mean, I'm going to, because it will help people. But like, I came to you because I was like, dude, give me your thyroid strong program because I've had two rounds where I've hired personal trainers. And just after two to three months, I was like, I got to quit. I can't, I would work out and just crash so badly. I have not been able to work out where I could lift weights and not crash in so many years. I hike, I walk, I still move every day. I do yoga, but even strenuous yoga, I crash and die. So I have to be really careful. And by crash, I mean, I literally have to fall asleep. Like I get on the couch and pass out. Right after you exercise? Sometimes. Sometimes it's within an hour. I feel shaky and dizzy um, Mm. or just complete exhaustion. So, and I have to see clients all day. I'm like, I have a very intense practice where I'm really responsible for a lot of people's health. So I have to make sure I'm on the ball. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm like, fine, I will not kill myself so I can actually get through the day and treat my patients and not screw up their labs or whatever. Yeah, 100%. Because, <laughs> you know, you've expressed exercise intolerance. Yes. Which I think a lot of people don't know. Yeah. But it's exactly that. It's like you kind of push yourself maybe to what is perceived capacity and your body's just like, nope. <laughs> Right. And And it feels like, how did it feel for you when you weren't tolerating exercise? I felt like I was hit by a bus. I felt like my joints were all super achy. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was uh, like a robot. And like, all of a sudden the off switch went off. Like I was like functioning. And then it was like, someone turned the off switch. I was like, I need to get horizontal right now. Just, it wasn't like a wind down, like, oh, I'm a little sleepy. Okay. Now I'm going to like wind down for, it's like, I'm going to go crash you guys take care of the kids, husband and my mom, and I'm going to go do what I need to do. So you would like pass out asleep or just lie down? I would knock out. And then how long, like, and then did it take your body till the next day or two to reset? Uh, sometimes it would take a couple of days. So sometimes it took three days kind of before, like right before getting diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And sometimes it would be I would crash in the afternoon and then I would wake up and then I would be wired. So my, my circadian rhythm was all off. Cause I'd be like wired until two. And then, you know, like my sleep was off, um, that feeling of tired, but wired and going back to the idea of just pushing myself too hard to lose weight, like the postpartum weight. Um, you know, and everyone's like, Oh, well that's so hard. You know, normal is hard your new mom. And I was like, no, no, no. Like my kid's 18 months. Like I'm beyond like the first couple, whatever, stretches of sleepless nights. Like this is something more. And the journey was, you know, going to multiple doctors, multiple functional medicine doctors, kind of feeling like I was just trying to get through my day, like baby steps, like just get through today. So that idea of having a vision and a dream for your future and like being creative 
was not there. I was like, I'm just going to try and get through today without feeling like hit by a bus. So, so how is it different between baby one and baby two and bouncing back? So baby one, I think just because everything is so new and I had a lot of cravings. So I turned into like an old Southern woman in my... <laughs> In my pregnant, I was like, give me the fried chicken right now. Where's my sweet tea? Like, just like gross. Like I would never eat that way now. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, when Gabrielle tested my blood work, I was like, oh, you have a very high gluten sensitivity. Like you should not even be putting that in anywhere near your mouth. So, and the recovery was so, I was just like so tired all the time. And I felt inflamed and my joints hurt and... I couldn't remember. I would start a sentence with a patient and I'd be like, I'll get back to that. Cause I couldn't remember how I was going to finish the sentence. And so I just think doing all the work before baby number two, I think I started from a healthier place and pregnancy was easier. I mean, I'm not the, I love pregnancy woman. <laughs> I'm kind of like, Same. Oh God, yeah. I'm just like, well, this is like a lot of weight going on right now. And yeah, I bounced back. I could I, six weeks after I was deadlifting body weight. Wow. And I felt, amazing. and I felt good. I felt strong and I listened. I think the first time around I was very anxious with having a new baby and all that comes with having a new baby. Like, yeah. is my body going to get back? Is this like, is am I supposed to be like terrified of my first bowel movement? Like, is this normal? <laughs> <laughs> all the things, you know? And so I think I jumped back into working faster to kind of, Mm. get over being anxious. And my, I mean, my mom basically hung out with my son like the first oh, year, like I basically nice. would go to work early, come home late, put him down. Like I wasn't as present. So I think the second time around, just not being anxious. Cause you know, you're kind of like, okay, I've mm-hmm. done this. But physically you were able to get through, yeah. you know, taking care of two children now, two babies. Yeah. Yeah. Baby and a toddler. Yeah. Right. Because your thyroid is now functional and you don't have brain fog and all that. Yeah. I mean, honest, on a night that I don't sleep well, um, I'll have brain fog, but yeah. then I go and like do six to eight grams of fish oils to try and counter balance Does that it. work for you? It it's does. A nice high dose. Yeah. Do you take it liquid or pills? I take Designs for Health. Mm-hmm. So it's in a pill. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. I'm kind of almost carnivore. Mm-hmm. I don't eat... Mm-hmm. A lot of carbs. Mm-hmm. I'm tracked, you know, with a continuous glucose monitor. What does that look like when I eat something? Yeah. Like, what does that spike look like? What does it look like when I'm sleep deprived? What does it look like yeah. when I'm stressed or I have a speaking engagement? So I think just knowing and being an advocate for my health more mm-hmm. is just leaps and bounds. Recovery was so much faster. See, that's awesome. That gives hope to all these people listening who are like going through what you're going through. Yeah. I hope or so. have gone through. Yeah. yeah. And we see so many postpartum mothers yeah. and they're like two years, four years postpartum and they're like, they're dragging. Yeah. And they don't really tell anyone until they come in and sit down and like have a space to share it, have an, like a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of doctors will dismiss, I'm sorry to be dissing doctors, but we've all been dissed by doctors. And a lot of them are like, it's all in your head. This is normal for your age. It's like, no, it's not. I didn't feel this way before I had a baby. And now a truck, I feel like I've been run over by an 18 wheeler. You tell yeah. me that's normal. That's, 
you know, especially years after the fact. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting because like when I think of all the medical professionals that I've met and their exercise recommendations, when I look at the person who's making the recommendation, I'm kind of like, you know, like my OB was like, just go do some Pilates, you know? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I think a lot of people in medicine aren't like they don't work out mm-hmm. or they're mm-hmm. not strength training or yeah. I think it's a very rare breed to like have that background. And even if they don't yeah. have any sort of exercise degree, they can at least play in their own body right? to make a conscious recommendation to their patients. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. My, I love my OBGYN. She's just, her solution for everything is for me to go on the pill. But she doesn't test, she doesn't actually test my estrogen levels or anything like that. And I, I would complain to her of like chronic fatigue and she was like, just go on the pill. <laughs> I was like, but I have Lyme's disease. <laughs> the pill isn't going to fix that, number one. Number two, when I do test my levels, I'm estrogen dominant. So t- tell me why I should take a birth control pill that's estrogen. Does she have any, you don't actually answer that ask that question to you. <laughs> I will the next time oh, okay. I see her. Okay. I always call her out because I'm like, dude, come on. Like I, these are my tests, you know? So then she'll be like, Oh, all right. You know, she doesn't really get it. So on this Lyme journey, what's <laughs> like, what's like next steps for you? So first I get to do a three month mold detox. Woo-hoo! But the difference is I have an infrared sauna now. So I got to really bake in that. It's a fine line. Cause I feel like Sometimes it really kicks up my insomnia. My two biggest symptoms have been insomnia and exercise intolerance and brain fog. So three, those are my big three. So first I'll do a mold detox and then I'll have to do Lyme treatment with herbs. And I think Gabrielle talked about me doing a goat milk cleanse. So I'll let you know what that looks like. But I was like, seriously, at this point, I will drink monkey pee. Uh, I said, said, Gabrielle, I'll do what you want me to, as long as I can continue to take care of my clients. I said, once you knock me out and I'm on the ground, that's going to be a problem because not only am I not helping people, but I'm also not earning income. So let's like strike the balance here. And she knows my system. I try everything she tells me to. We've tried a lot of different things and some things I respond very poorly to, and she knows that by now. So two years in, you know, I've come a long way yeah. since starting with her. Can you describe some things that you haven't responded well to? Hormones. Unfortunately, we've tried lots of progesterone, three different kinds. We've tried oral, we've tried creams, we've tried time release. Epic fail. I turn into a raging asshole. <laughs> And it worsens my insomnia, even Ah. though it's supposed to help. Then we've tried um, testosterone cream was the latest. And I was like, okay, that killed my libido. You know, again, made me a raging asshole. We cut back and I was like, now I'm getting breast tenderness and three days of menstrual cramps. So I'm clearly aromatizing. I seem to convert everything to estrogen, Mm. which is a problem. So, but you don't know these things until you try right? And the fact is not lifting weights all these years has cost me muscle tissue. So, and my testosterone is getting lower and I eat a really nice amount of protein. I had my can of Vital Choice wild Alaskan salmon this morning (laughs) topped with anchovies just for fun, you know, but like I eat a lot of protein and meat, but I still am losing muscle. I see it in my body. It could, it would be 10 times worse if I didn't eat the way I ate. 
So thank God for that. And I was like, Gab, just tell me I can like one day sleep and exercise. She was like, yeah, you'll get there. And there's no, there's no correlation to like time of day when you exercise. I only exercise in the morning because that's the only time I have to do it, A. And B, I, if I exercise at night, oh, well, no. I won't sleep, A. And B, I don't have any energy. I was reading, uh, I was, I'm getting my CEUs for my functional medicine certification. So I'm reading this lovely integrative nutrition book on pregnancy. About 20 pages in at 8.13 p.m., I was dead asleep on the couch. Like, I don't have an abundance of energy at night. I'm done. I'm just done. So. So where, (laughs) because you help a lot of people all over, right? Not not just on Connecticut. Yeah, it's a virtual practice. Yeah. Yeah, so I have some clients actually in Europe. One in Switzerland and one in Brussels, which is fun. Yeah. But a lot of my clients are in California coast too, because they read my books and then they're like, I want to work with you. So So most of my clients I see over Zoom or we do phone calls. I have not actually met a lot of my clients in person, which is funny to me. Whole different world. So different. So different. And then I do have my local crowd too, which is great. Yeah. If you could just leave one message for women that are listening that are like, oh, hormones, maybe that is something that's going on for me. Yeah. What would you What would you want them to know? It is that the doctor of the future is the patient and all of you women who say, or men too, who say, you know, I think it's this, something's really wrong with my body, but every all my blood tests show up normal and yeah, I still feel like shit. You are absolutely right. It's not in your head and there is something wrong. And so you have to find a really good practitioner to work with. You can work with... Emily, you can work with myself. You can work with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, or you can work with all three of us. You know, Gabrielle and I share clients often and that you're never wrong and find the doctor, like don't give up. Find the doctor who, a functional medicine doctor who doesn't stop until they find the answer. Get worked up, you know, get your mold, get your heavy metals tested, get your Lyme tested, get your autoimmune titers tested, your ferritin levels. I mean, find a practitioner who really knows their shit and is like, oh, we're going to fix this. Or yes, I've seen someone like you before. Or no, I haven't seen someone exactly like you, but I have the tools and resources to help figure it out. Because chances are you're one of those three. Oh, parasites are another big one. I send clients to um, Dr. Kevin Cahill. He's like the parasite whisperer. Love that guy. It is quite a fascinating experience going into his office. It reminds me of my grandfather's office from like, you know, when I was a kid and had the ether mask over my face when he took, he took my tonsils out in his house in Brooklyn. He had an operating room in his house in Brooklyn, (laughs) took my tonsils. And I walked into Cahill's office. I was like, oh, this is Poppy's office. Like it's archaic. It's so old. It really is. So good. And like a million diplomas. I'm like, I didn't even know there was like, you could get that many. I know. So like- Get the test done. Don't stop until you unearth what the hell's wrong with you and figure out how to put the pieces together. You need diet, you need supplements, you need a detox or an antiviral or an antifungal or antibiotic or, you know, whatever you need. A lot of women come on this journey in their health and sometimes feel like, God, how much do I have to do? This feels like such a long journey or... Because I think you and I are very much like, we'll do what it takes. Like whatever it takes, we'll do it. Yeah. Like just tell me what it is and we'll do it. And I, that's not, that's a very small percentage I think of people. So what would you tell the woman that's like, God, this is like, so like, 
I don't know, it's expensive or yes. this feels like a lot, or maybe they just feel overwhelmed. Totally. I think it's love overwhelm. And for someone just dipping their toe in this and seeing this for the first time, it it is absolutely daunting and overwhelming. And my first thought, you know, years ago, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do all that stuff. That's crazy. Like I'm not doing a Lyme test. I oh, forget it. Even though you're like at the epicenter. <laughs> I'm at the epicenter. Now I'm like, I, I was like, Gabrielle, I'm ready. Just I'll do what it takes. So start with simple changes. Start with one thing at a time. Start just by changing your diet. That alone can fix a lot of what's ailing you, like your energy, your sleep, and your brain fog, your cravings, your cycles. All of that can normalize with getting off gluten and dairy, upping your protein, You know, getting at least four to six ounces at a meal, three times a day minimum. That alone will just do wonders. Um, working out, surrounding yourself with quality people who see more potential in you than you ever could see in yourself. Those things alone, and you pop some basic vitamins, some vitamin D, vitamin C, you know, a B complex, those alone can fix a lot of what ails you. But if you do that and you're still not making progress, start with one test at a time because it is expensive, but the cost, I always say like the cost of not feeling well is so much greater. It will cost you income. It will cost you quality time with your family. It will cost you a quality marriage. Trust me on this one. You can't afford not to. I always say when you're sick enough of being sick, you'll do it. Like some people are like, oh, you know, I I smell smoke behind me. It seems like, it seems like something's burning. And, but I'll just, I'll just put a glass of water on it and, and think it's like some people wait until that building is on fire and collapsing to do something and they have to be at that point. So go with, you know, you can always slay one dragon at a time. So do something yeah, <laughs> and yeah. just go step by step and work with a practitioner. At the end of the day, you're the customer, you're in charge and be like, I'm ready for just one or two things or by the way, there's a thing called payment plans. Like I have payment plans for anyone who needs one because don't worry when you really want it, you figure out a way to make it work. You make it work. Make like, it work. And another, I'll just say this, a lot yeah. of women are like, well, I have to ask my husband permission before I spend this money. I hear money. that all the time. Right? All the time. So here's the deal. That's never going to work. It's just, that's never going to work. You make the decision first you make it based on what you want and then say, this is what I need because I can't take care of my family. I can't get out of bed in the morning. So let's figure out what we need. Nine times out of 10, there's always a way. There's always a way. You can borrow money from a family member or a friend. You can do a payment plan. When you really want it to work, it works. And so you ask for support instead of permission. Permission is not going to be part of your healing journey. Yeah. You say, this is what I need. Let's figure out how to get there. I think that's such an important point. I love that. Where can people find you? Estherblum.com. And if you want a 30-minute consultation with me, the first 12 people who respond to this will get in my regular schedule. After that, we're going to move you around a little bit. Because <laughs> you are a busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, that link is estherblum.com forward slash call. And that will entitle you to 30 minutes of just chatting and coming up with just some good solutions to get you started. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Emily. 
That's a wrap. I have two truths that I fully believe in. First, to be 1% better every single day. And second, all feedback is good feedback because it helps us grow. Why do I say this? If you're enjoying these conversations and you find this is adding value, send us some love by subscribing to Muscle Medicine Podcast on iTunes. And if you wanna share your voice with the world and scream it from the rooftops and tell your friends, or you can just give us a little feedback so we can grow by rating and reviewing Muscle Medicine on iTunes. Thank you guys, so much gratitude. Dr. Emily Kybert here.